You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market, and Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430, episode 74. Listen, hold on to her because we got her going on the night. We got the three boys from the East Coast Waterfowl Mafia. And listen, me, Merck, Phil cannot be held accountable for how this show is going to go. Because this is just, this is going to go off the rails here real fast. We know it, but it's going to be good entertainment. So um, if you're looking at the screen the way I am, up in the top right-hand corner, we got Julian Dion coming to us from Nova Scotia. Below him is the handsome Ryan DeMerchant coming to us from Western New Brunswick. And then right below me is that beautiful, beautiful man, Maddie Wilson with those luscious locks. Seven foot tall, Maddie Wilson at that, um, just in case anybody didn't know. Boys, thanks so much for coming on. Um, we got Mark just outside of the nation's capital and Phil is no longer in the dirty schwa and he is now down in Port Perry. Yeah, Port Perry. Yeah, I got it right. Too many ports here in Ontario. Too many ports in Ontario. Boys, thanks for coming on. I got to say, I listened to um, the better part of your latest episode of your podcast I'm telling you, it sounds like you guys had a whale of a time with the RT Goose crew. Um, and I, what I really liked about it was Sean Stahl when he had said, you know, I've been, been to a lot of places. I've traveled all over North America hunting. I don't think I've ever hunted in the mountains. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I bet. I doubt if there's anywhere else where you would friggin' do that than where you guys were. Like, and he was saying, like, up on the high feature and watching the birds work up the side of the hill to come into the land to you. And that got to be, that got to be pretty cool. Yeah, we don't even think about that here. Like, even places that have mountains, like they were talking about hunting in Colorado and they're like, there's some real mountains there, but all the farm grounds on the flat down on the bottom. But here we we really do a lot of times the birds are roosting way down below us and they have to climb hills to get up to us so it is it is pretty unique you know no matter where you go there's probably not very many places like this so yeah they they thought that was pretty cool and it is really yeah spot well i never thought about it i now i'm thinking i'm like i'd really like to be able to watch that and see that watch those birds leave the roost and work up the side of the work up the hill to, to come into where you're shooting. I'm like, it's gotta be pretty, gotta be pretty cool. And then, you know, you got Ryan and, and Julian that's there too. Right. And, and you, they got their faces covered up. So you don't want to scare the birds there. or nothing. There Julian, we try to keep him covered up the most, obviously. <laughs> yeah. We try to keep him covered up the most and keep his call away from him. <laughs> Uh, no, much like me. That's what Mark does with me too. Damien, keep your head down. Cover your face. 
and <laughs> don't put, don't put the call up. I was I was using using my goose call today just on just oh. doing some just doing some moaning and feels like what is that? What's that What's sound that? coming? What is that sound? He's like, is that a cow? I'm like, shut up, Phil. Dying cow. Yeah, shut up, Phil. We, we got we got birds working and Damien's talking in his newfie voice. And like every five minutes, I'm like, shh, fuck, quiet. That's probably where they were born. They probably like that sound. The, yeah. The, the, the people in the next town over could hear him. Like you can't, I think you that's can't... why they like us so much, just because of our accent here. You yeah. can't use your new fee voice out in the field. That was, that was the good. That was what I really liked about that trip when I was down the PEI with with Jeff Co. Uh, I and I had said it to Merck. I forget how much I I missed the smell of the salt water and being back on the East Coast. And and if you don't know what the salt water smells like, well, then you you just won't understand what what you you're need, missing, you need right? To. Yeah. You, you yeah. definitely need to. So it was really cool to be able to, to meet up with you guys there in, in New Brunswick as we were traveling through. So it was pretty good. So listen, now for the people that haven't listened to the episode yet, and I experienced it when I was in PEI, but even Sean Stahl and uh, Mr. Holloway talked about it. I had never heard tell of hunting birds over potatoes. Like that, that's the food source. I had never heard tell of it before, but then again, I was in PEI and I was hunting over piles of seaweed too, um, that I had never heard tell of that before either. So um, what is it, is it, is there no corn? And this is, don't think I'm stupid boys. Like this is an honest to God question here. Is there no corn or nothing? Is there no corn or nothing around? Like is potato the crop? On, on your side of the province? Ryan, maybe you want to talk about hunting over seaweed real quick first. I couldn't tell you anything about hunting over seaweed, but that guy down there that fishes lobsters for a living probably could. We hunt him over eelgrass, which is seaweed. Oh, which Basically. is, I, yeah, I call, that's what I call seaweed, but the boys there, they were like, it's eelgrass, and I'm like, yeah, it's seaweed. They were like, no, oh, it's why did we hunt over that, Ryan? Do you remember? No, I don't. Okay, you don't? Okay. So we, quick story. We went for a hunt with Julian. Julian was going to guide us this time. And we showed up to the pond to hunt with no decoys. The guide left the decoys at home. So he's like, oh, no big deal, boys. We'll just get some of the seaweed and we'll just put it on the shoreline here. That'll bring him in. Sane. Huh? <laughs> Black sane, not seaweed. Oh, there were some weeds in there. Chad had some weeds all wrapped up in it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the fucking old seaweed decoys he had. Personally, yeah. that was the Gilcraft. worst fucking guided hunt I've ever been on. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Good trip. Yeah. Good trip. But, th but that's a real, that's a real deal. Yeah. They, they do that a lot over there. And I mean, like, I don't know how, how long in the morning it works, but certainly pre-dawn or, or early on, that, those little seaweed bumps that they put out in the field work pretty good. Oh, yeah, work for like that. I'd say probably 30 minutes after legal time, 30, 45 minutes after legal time, like 
birds were working it like they had you know and and when you got it just mixed in with a bunch of black ducks i could see how it could fool them yeah did you shove rocks in the flats and then put seaweed on top of it no uh home they take them and they'll shove like a rock in to make a little higher bump and then they'll put eelgrass on top of that really eh guys have done it for years it's a higher level of technology oh yeah. that is that is you should patent that julian like <clears throat> the peiers haven't figured that out yet that's why there's no ducks i think you right. no ducks here because they got them all over eelgrass well, I think you got a better chance of Mark throwing a pile of grass on top of a rock than using silos. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there I mean, you go. I mean, silos are great. <laughs> they ate, they so, worked this morning. Uh, they worked. Yeah. The, the, the birds were being a little, little, little on the wonky side, but. Birds being assholes is what it well, was. You know, yeah. Well, that, I think that just, just goes to show how, how spoiled we are sometimes when it comes to hunting geese. Like, we oh, shot keep, we shot 15 humble. we shot 15 geese and and it, it wasn't quick but it, it was it wasn't bad in two and a half hours um two at a time yeah two three at a time like no big flocks come into work so i i'd much rather shoot at two three four birds at a time than i would have a flock oh, yeah. of 20 come in and and Chances are only hit one or two of them anyways, if I'm shooting. Well, I, I can tell you one of the ones you hit this morning, you hit it. Yeah. 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 It was like, a, it was like somebody, ripped o- <laughs> somebody ripped open a pillow. Yeah. At I, one saying, point. I, I believe the proper term is pillow cased. Pillow case. Yeah. Um, oh, so we, we, uh, we've hunted them here. We, it's a big area, obviously, for, for potato growing. And late in the year, that's what we do have corn here, but we've always, always had potatoes. Corn's a relatively new crop for us in, in, in the amount that they grow now. Like there was yeah. always a few dairy farms around that had a little bit of silage corn. Um, but the potatoes for sure late in the year, once we get a couple frosts on them and they soften up, like it's all just waste potatoes that fall off or they're smalls or whatever. Um, they love them it's a real good starchy food and they'll come in and and they'll eat them and it's almost like somebody shelled them out with a spoon yeah 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 it's crazy uh no difference in the taste of them maddie like comparing them to comparing them to like the corn fed geese do you know what i mean like is there any difference in the taste at all never noticed really i mean now now there's there's a fair amount of corn around so they would be eating that but if they were or uh hammering strictly potatoes no we never really noticed a difference in them okay no how is that so what are you are you guys seeing ducks finally moving in down your way yet some yeah you got some by you don't you Roy? yeah some ducks uh not like i'd like to see but they're starting just, to move in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just starting to move now, though, eh? Yeah. It's it's funny here. Like, we always used to get, early in the year, we'd get duck hunts, like, most of the way through October. If we were shooting geese and grain, we'd always shoot some ducks. Now it seems like the first week or two of October, we have ducks here, and then they kind of disappear. And then once they start knocking down big amounts of corn, 
we get into them again. Like from now until the end of December, there'll be ducks around here because there's a lot mm. of corn. So I don't know whether they're just waiting and coming down through or what, but it's been this year, especially it's been super warm all oh, yeah. season. It has like super foggy all October. Like we never have fog like that. We so left, we, uh, we left my place here this morning to go meet up with Phil uh, three o'clock this morning. It was 12 degrees here. Like is it was, that right? Yeah. 12 degrees, two thirty this morning. Wow. Crazy. We no birds here yet. None. No, really? well, our, our, see, our season up here is setting up right now. We're going to probably see geese till December 18th, like the last day of the season. And yeah. I haven't seen that ever. Listen, this I is just a, don't this, think we're going to have a freeze up. This is something I, I was talking to Bobby Hayes today, Merck and I, and, and I brought this up to, up to him because he's starting to talk about birds and the number of birds and stuff. And I'm saying, and I've heard a few of my friends say it here, here in Ontario, we should move our, our season to the right a little bit because we're just shooting resident birds uh, at the beginning of the season, right? Like there, there's obviously no birds that's moving or anything like that. So um, we're getting into October before we really start seeing birds moving around. And I, so I brought it up to Bobby and Bobby Hayes said in Kansas, they've pushed it and they had to fight a lot in order to get it, but they pushed it to the extreme. Like they can't push it anymore to the right. What about you? Like, are you guys thinking the same thing? Like, could you guys use pushing the season to the right a little bit? Or are you as happy the way it is right now? Well, for us, it really depends on the year. Um, this year, it's been good. Uh, it's warm. I still personally think there's quite a few geese left to roll through. Yeah, um, me too. I think our season, according to the weather this year, is good. But if you asked me two or three years ago, I would have said, well, we missed the boat. <laughs> right. And, and you're not seems, seeing – oh, go for it, Matty. We we talked about in the past, we, we always, in the early goose season, always had a lot of ducks. And we said, well, maybe, maybe it would be better if our duck season started the same time as early goose, and then we took some off the end. But now – um, I'm glad that that didn't happen because we do most of our duck hunting from now until the end of December. Like they moved it right to the end of the year, which really yeah. for us is better because there, there's, there's ducks around then. Yeah. So, huh. but as Our far as geese goes, Ryan's pretty spot on there. Like we, sometimes I think it was what, right? Like three years ago, maybe we were froze up in November. Like our season was Damn near done. The first week in November, we were done. Wow. Yes, yeah. Our season rolls through till January 15th. Yeah. And it's no Scotia. Yeah. And it should like we don't we don't have no birds here yet. None. Right. Yeah. I was just down in Nova Scotia and uh, there weren't very many ducks around. There's lots of geese. Not a lot of uh, ducks. Well, it's, it's funny you guys say that, like, at least for, like, for my area, um, like, at least where we hunted today, like, n numbers are, I'd say, normal, 
but one of the other major areas that I hunt, like we're not even there. No, ah. a lot of guys are saying it, it's late this year, and I think I can honestly agree with that. Like, like birds. I'm are, seeing it. Like, I see lots of geese. Like, there's. <clears throat> I I still think there's lots of geese around. I don't think we've got our big push, just like what you guys are saying. I don't think we've got our big push of geese yet, but we haven't seen any ducks. Like I've yet to see any ducks. Well, we've been saying all season, like why, like yesterday were pretty much ideal conditions. We hunted yesterday and uh, the day before it was fairly calm here. It was, it was cool. And the moon was pretty good and bright that night. Now, when we woke up, it was blowing like 20 northwest. And anything that flew was a mile in the air getting out of here. And we saw, I think, three flocks maybe getting out of here. But up until now, I mean, we still, like, we had snow on the ground this morning just a bit. But it's gone now. It rained the rest of the day. Like, it's been super warm all fall. Why would they migrate if they've got food? Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, if it's if it's finally getting cold up north, maybe now we'll start to see a big push and, and a big migration. But outside of that, really, there'd be no reason for them yeah. to migrate. If food and water, and it was warm enough, I would think. I mean, you know, they're only going to go as far as they need to. I would think. Yeah. Mark, well, you yeah, were saying, uh, Mark, you were saying that in where you are, which is only you know in an uh, an hour and a half east of me um everything's froze up where you are right now i'm the northeast of you yeah yeah things are froze up here and i'm getting the north getting the pembroke petawawa area i'd say it's probably froze out uh anything north of that they got snow and ice so the season there works because it covers the whole thing yeah but the further south you get like down around like you said down around the great lakes and stuff if you could if you could push your season to the right for some for some people that yeah. would probably be a good idea. I can see why I, it would work down there. I just, you know, um, I, I just think if, if you want to be able to, to get the birds, like, I, I don't know what the scientists think. Uh, I don't know what, you know, determines when they start the, the season and when it ends. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if it's even feasible for them to change to change it but i know like down in that niagara like lake erie um that side of that part of the province like they could definitely use it being pushed to the to the right more so than what i am like they they don't even see a bit of snow down there like they won't see any snow all winter down there well right in in fairness lake erie freezes lake ontario does not Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah so like like didn't freeze last year like they yeah like obviously <clears throat> it's all weather dependent but um you know if you get your traditional winter weather like lake erie, lake erie locks up and lake go has never froze a, a day in its life um and like obviously down towards like that direction like with the exception of the niagara river they lose all water mm-hmm. they've got nothing for their birds to roost on um but like now like you know, mind you, like some of those, you know, like Hamilton Harbor and whatnot, like, you know, it'll freeze up and stuff, but like for the most part, like the actual main body of Lake O doesn't freeze. So all those, you know, all those spots, say to like the eastern two thirds of Lake O, 
it's, you know, it's just absolute gong mm-hmm. show. Like the birds are there. They're not going to leave. It's a stone throw. Like obviously God the further east. Yeah. The further east you get oh, from divers. Toronto, the birds have to fly a kilometer to go from water to food. Yeah. And that's it. Like mm-hmm. once you get out past like say Oshawa, Bowmanville, they don't have to fly very far. So what's the point of leaving, right? Yeah, right. Um, Julian, what's the sea duck? Like what? So when you're out, like is your season for sea ducks open while you're out putting out when your lops are fishing? Are you able to shoot eiders and stuff down there when you're, when you're have, fishing? It just opened up November the 17th, I think, our eider okay. season. And back. Like I said, I take off here in a, in a week's time to go lobstering and I don't see home for like a month. So really, yeah, we don't, if I get Christmas off and, and maybe another day off, that's all I'm going to see probably. So really, yeah, that's, that's, um, yeah, see, it is so different from where I, where I'm from in lobster because we're all just small boats, um, you know, go out in the morning, haul your traps, come 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 ashore, right? You guys are, yeah. are ga- gone out all the time, eh? That's crazy. Yeah, it takes about 20 hours to go all the gear back home. Holy smokes. So when we hit the wharf, we unload it, turn do around. You a, do you guys have a predetermined quota, or, do you, or does that get decided while you're doing it? No quota no, at all. No, no quota on lobster. So it's just go till the season's over. Go till you can't take it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no more lobsters, and it's costing you more money to go, to go out there than than it is it, that you're you're making. After like January the 10th or so, it starts slowing down. We'll only go every two days, and by February you go once or twice a week because everything's getting so cold. They kind of like hibernate. And then March, mid-March hits, and you start going back at her every day till the end of the season. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, go, go for ahead. it, Julian, buddy. Go for it. Our birds, like, uh, a lot of our birds just show up at the end of the year, January. Like, our geese, they'll, they'll winter here. Your, we'll geese get- only, your geese only show up when other places freeze up. Exactly. So, so the year that PEI and we froze up really bad, like in early November or late November, um, Yarmouth was full of birds. Like PEI yeah. completely froze up and all the birds. Well, the valley's got to freeze. It's got to freeze all the way down. Yeah. Because they'll just stop. Like one year, Matt and Rob, we slammed them. We shot, what, like 65 in two days or something? Yeah. yeah. Like a county. Yeah. <laughs> we like that's most of the population of geese right there killed them yeah. well we we were in yeah. we were fans of us. we were in nova scotia a couple years ago mark and i with with ryan bro um wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of geese we seen uh, actually i don't think we seen any um but the ducks like buddy the ducks in nova scotia were it was impressive the amount of ducks that's that's there to hunt in Nova Scotia, there in the valley, eh, Mark? Yeah, uh, 
there one time I was, uh, Ryan wasn't even there. It was Ryan's dad and myself and another buddy. And we went into a field one afternoon and I swear to God, there was 800 ducks using the bottom of that field. Wow. That's how many ducks there was. It was wild, Damn. man. I, I never seen anything like it. Well, clear of out West. I never seen anything like it in Ontario for ducks. Well, I can tell you the duck numbers in Keswick this morning was uh, less than <laughs> Yeah. Well, in the valley, they've got feed, right? In the valley, they'll have corn. They got agricultural land there. And that's yeah. what keeps up there. Like, we got nothing here. We got hay fields and cow pasture. If that is it in southwest Nova. And it's hard yeah. to get on fields up in the valley. They lease a lot up there. It's hard to right hard fields yeah you gotta be uh you gotta know some people there too yeah so boys you spent uh you spent a few days with with the with the the goose crew there how how did that how did that actually happen because i'm i'm pretty sure like that was a, a long time in the making right like planning that trip like for stall to be coming coming into you guys like you knew he was coming way 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 a long time ago right yeah i i reached out to sean um probably close to three years ago uh wow. and mentioned and mentioned about the opportunity here yeah and by the time you know with the, all the covid bullshit right uh, he was supposed to, he was supposed to come last year and it didn't work out so we rolled it over to this year and Hey, the plan unfolded, and man, they were a hell of a crew to have here. They were a lot of fun. I bet. And uh, we learned we learned a lot, and you know, shot the shit, and it was a good time. We had a good five days of hunting. Like we hunted hard. Uh, yeah, we did. You're absolutely right. It was a rough go. Yeah. Explain this friggin' thing. Uh, I I can't remember what he called it. He called it like the destroyer or some friggin' thing, this thing that explained this. Cause mm. I can't, I, when they were talking about it, I can't mentally picture this thing. So he calls it the devastator. The devastator. It's a flag that one of his buddies come up with. And uh, it's kind of, um, if you've seen Molt Gear's Magic Mike, it's sort of on that premise, but it, yeah. it was designed way before that, obviously. And you stake it into the ground, and it's got like a an arm that comes up, and the flag's on it. And you, he can run different size. I think he said he can run up to like a twelve or fourteen foot flag on it. Um, and it's there's a string attached to it that goes to the blind, and he's got one guy in the blind that runs the flag. That's his only job is to run the flag. He tells him either to flag or to flutter it, and he's just kind of shaking it on the ground. Yeah, and uh, it's it's the answer. Really, eh? Bill runs the flag. Oh yeah, Bill runs the flag. Oh yeah, he's a flag man, man. He's he's a pro at it. I I want I'd love to be able to hang out with that dude for for a couple hours because he sound like a Quite. dude. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a good time. He's the blind. He's the blind assembler. He tells everybody what to do when they set the panel blinds up in the morning and make sure everything's straight and how it's supposed to be. And then he runs the flag that, uh, during hunting time. So that was 
That was Every, pretty good. That's, point. That was the one thing with them. It's, it's kind of like us. Uh, everybody has a job, uh, but it's pretty neat to see them. Like they got three or four fellas that set up the blinds and get all that stuff ready. And then uh, Sean was mostly with us uh, putting decoys out. And, you know, they come in. Uh, we didn't know what to expect when they came here uh, with the film crew and yeah and everything. But they were, um, they didn't just come in. They wanted to see how we did everything, how, you know, do as the locals do. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool uh, and pretty respectful. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, no ego, eh? No, right. none at all. Like the most down-to-earth people you'd ever meet in your life. Yeah. Um, that was one thing that, that I took from, from listening to the podcast is that, um, you know, when you got that crew that you've been hunting with, like everybody knows their job, everybody knows their role, right? And when, when you show up on site, everybody just click, they know what they're doing and it just, it goes smoothly to set up, right? Let's see. Look, look at Maddie. It, it does, yes. Uh, you know, the first day when we when we got to the field, it was a little slow and a lot of indecisiveness. And day two, it got a little better and the indecisiveness kind of faded away. And come day three, day four, day five, we were on a good roll. And, yeah. you know, it, it was just a progression. But, you know, we killed birds. And, and at the end of the day, that's that's all is to it, right? That's all you want. So that, so it's not directly right out in front, eh, Maddie? So he runs it off, and then it angles back towards the blinds. Is that what is that what I'm seeing there? What you what you have there is like, this is the stand that would be, you know, the panel pounded. line, and this is. This is the main bar, and then that end of it. It's like a T bar, kind of. That's that's pounded okay. in. It's flat out in the decoys, and that's your long flag that just lifts up off the ground. Really? Slaps yeah. back like putting a long flag, laying it on the ground out in the middle of the decoys, and then having something that it's hooked to. to yeah, just pull it off, eh? Or flutter it. Well, it just takes to you if you want. I signed it and everything. That's an original. <laughs> the best there is the best there was and the best there the ever best will, there will be right be. <laughs> any balance you got to cover the framing charges uh, no. no frame <laughs> it just put smoking out in the decoys and it's great it just takes yeah. uh, takes it away from the blind right yeah big time yeah and I mean, they, we've had that stuff in the past, right? Like Higdon came out with the Higdon flapper, which which worked pretty good. Um, I always found they were a little bit loud myself, but but I mean, they worked and some people did some customization to them. They put wings on them or, or whatever. But this was just totally different where it was so long. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it works like, I mean, just sitting in the blind. I mean, if you didn't know that he was flapping that out there and make you feel like an awesome caller a lot of times, cause man, that's all you need. As soon as you hit that and it would flap a little bit. Yeah. It, really, some yeah. would lock, just completely quit flapping. 
just that motion out away from the blind. Yeah. And I mean, to do that when we had layout blinds, right? When you were hidden and you had a flag on the ground with you out there mm -hmm. in the decoy, laugh it like a lot of times it worked. But now we've we've pretty much all but gotten away from that totally. So, you know, getting back to flags out, out in the decoys or trying to make motion out in the decoys, positive motion is sometimes tough. Yeah. I still this is, haven't. This, uh, is, this, this was probably the first system that we've seen that worked as it should consistently every day. Every like day. We have, we've had the Higdon flappers and we've had the, the molt gear flags and they either pull out of the ground or the goddamn wings break off them or this system worked. It's been tried. It was proven. And I'm going to have one. <laughs> <laughs> get a patent or on that or, or two. two um and and it folded up in a gun case and they put it right away in the trailer it had its own spot and really yeah um, right away so listen now like you you just touched on it maddie when you said like you guys are pretty much done away with layout lines now is, is that what what you were saying like you guys are hunting panels and a-frames all the time now right we we got rid of them quite a long time ago like before we ever had an a-frame we got away from them and started hunting the edges and uh we would just build blinds at the edge of the field no frame or no nothing we we would just build up brush piles yeah and and, and it didn't matter how big the field was we would hunt the edge but um I don't remember the last time I laid my layout blind. It's been a long time, years. Really? It probably the last time I was out, or the first time I was out west guiding, like 2016, would have been the last time I laid in one that I can remember. We just so, never did. So now, are you, so now that you're using panels, are you sticking strictly to hedgerows and, and the edges, or are you? like going out into the middle of the field now too. No, we hunt them in the middle. You have See, to be a little a little more crafty. Yeah, I haven't right. uh I haven't hunted in the middle of a field with a panel blind yet. It's always been, you know, on on an edge or or where there's already uh so, some significant cover, so I uh, I just I I've never done it, so so I I'm always a little bit skeptical of new things, right? Uh I, I very much was the same way, Damien, and I, I was shown the way. Yeah. And I, and there's a couple couple hunts where I was hunting like winter wheat fields and legit through the A-frame, smack dab in the center. I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. The worst that happened was we shot limits of fucking geese. Right. Like ate it up. Like they're so hungry, so dumb, so stomach driven. Yeah. They don't even pick because like there's so many farm farm properties where like there's clumps of crap here, clumps yeah. of crap here, this and that. Make your own clump of crap, and they eat it up. Yeah, that's I, that's a really good point. I mean, when I was a kid hunting here, um, we still had rock piles in the fields. I mean, right. All that long ago, the guys started digging them out, and I mean, some of them had legitimate big trees in them and because uh, they've been there for so long now a lot of those have been been dug out but 
being as we are where we are, like the, the terrain here, a lot of these fields have a lot of ledge in them and they don't farm those ledges. So they end up growing up in grass. There's no trees in them generally. I mean, sometimes there is, but anytime we can get butted up to something like that, or maybe they have some small trees or, or we just make our blinds look like that. They're so used to seeing that, that as long as you've got top cover, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, just like you were saying, Phil, they just, they don't even look at you. Yeah. No. Like it, it took, it took a bit for me to try to do it and just wrap my head around the concept. I'm like, I've got like 40 something years left of water felling. Right. I can, I can sacrifice a day. And <laughs> like, you, you don't want, and you watch them like completely and utterly eat it. And it's just like, it's an absolute game change. Like, well, it's a lot more comfortable. So not only for the geese, but it's got to be a lot easier to shoot too, right? Coming out of a, well, coming out well, of an A-frame, standing up in an A-frame or, yeah. or a panel. Not, not laying on the ground is yeah. so much fun. Now, that being yeah. said, Merck, Merck shot at least four <laughs> geese a day. I don't even know. Like, I've done some, some pretty crazy tactical shooting in my fucking life and done some weird stances when it comes to shooting. But I seen Merck rolling on his side oh. doing doing some Chuck Norris bullshit there this morning. And it was and just smoking birds. And I'm just sitting there. I'm in the middle and I'm like, holy fuck, nice shot, man. And he was like doing it over and over. And I'm like, never in a million years could I pull that shot off. So, so, so now that you've said that, I need to change yeah. Mark's name on our chat. Oh. Um, so yeah, so like being in a layout line. And and listen, I'm I'm getting a little bit robust in the uh, in the midsection, so um, you know, getting up and and being quick to, to shoulder the gun is is you know it's getting a little tougher these days too. You know, it's getting a little tougher these days. Well, the other thing about layout blinds too is when you take somebody that's inexperienced or has never hunted waterfowl man, it's hard to keep your eyes on what they're doing. And I think that um, being able to be in a panel blind or on an edge where you can see what people are doing with their gun and things yeah. like that, like not a, a supernatural position for people to from sitting down on the ground. Yeah. And uh, I felt like even though you tell them people weren't 100% sure what to do with their gun. And uh, I, I know personally um not only guiding but just just taking friends out that are just starting or something i feel a lot better in a panel blind a lot safer yeah. Yeah. The, the only thing i don't like about panel blinds and this is just because i had done 20 years in the army and and i i it drives me bananas seeing guns late like standing up like it, it to me i'm just like that's gonna fucking fall over and someone's oh. going to get shot. That, that, but that's just, you know, 20 years of, of being in the army, right? Like it just, it drives me fucking bananas to see it, but I know you can't lay it down. Um, I just, I don't like the shotgun just leaning up against that, that blind, right? Let's go for it, Mark. Here's a little pro tip for that. So we were just down in with Ryan in the Valley, Ryan bro. And uh, we didn't, one of the boys seen, I think Steve seen it. 
on the back of Ryan's Hudson bibs, he had those little uh, little clamps, like they're almost like woodworking clamps. You can get different sizes, but they were just small ones. And, and what he does, he uses those for putting clamping onto the side of his A-frame. He'll clamp one here and one here, and the shotgun will stay in between it so it won't slide anywhere. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, and he just hooks, when he's done with them, he hooks them on the back of his bibs. And they're, they're there for the next hunt. <laughs> huh. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I thought that was pretty neat. SMRT. Yeah. Like I've I've got two panel blinds and I've got the crossbar, so I just use the crossbar to mm. to that works. Lean it yeah, up, but like again, the, the crossbars you have to buy separate. Yeah, but S those little clamps you can you can you can instead of having to rely on the corner now, you can you can uh, well, you, you can, can pop it somewhere else and just pop your two clamps, and that's where your gun sits. It's oh geez, boys, he's drawn again. He's drawn again, boys. What's drawn now, Matt? So we bought. Uh, Last year, we haven't used them this year. Um, a lot of times, if you're not sitting right there holding your gun, we were starting to get guys to put their gun on the back side of the rail. Yeah. Like you put your panel up against the rail on the blinds we have, and then they have to Velcro it over. So we were just getting guys to put it up in there so it really couldn't fall. But I got yeah. these things from Rogers last year, and they're, and they're, uh, clamp like that that goes hooks on oh, the blind yeah oh v clamp yeah 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 and uh anyway they were they came and, and the the pipe on them was like 10 inches long we'll say so i cut them all down and uh but they don't really fit our blinds are kind of a universal so you'd have to put a little tape or you'd have to put like some refrigeration insulation on there and then clamp them over that but it was it was a good idea like you could they, they wouldn't fall over if you had those they were they came in packs of three is that um, the ones there maddie look at what merc got up there is that the same uh, thing that's different that's different oh, this oh yeah oh, okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Any, anything like that would work the, you know what the the thing I always I always love when they're talk, talking to duck and goose hunters, I don't think there's another group of hunters out there that that jerry rig and change stuff up and make their own stuff and and than what duck and goose hunters do. Like you you look at what Stalin them has got there, Maddie. You're talking about you know these clamps that you're buying and and so nobody else does this. I don't think uh, to no. the best of my knowledge. We're the only ones that jerry-rigged the shit out of everything just and to make it that gear as we do. We've we've got more gear than really anybody. I mean, trailers yeah. full. Yeah, you know. yeah, good point. Yeah, so. I, I, I guess that is a good point. Like if you think about you think about someone that's on a like a straight, straight goose hunter, like yeah, they'll get into some ducks in the field and stuff like that. But if, if you're, let's say, the Midwest uh, of, of the states where you're just hunting goose field after goose field, that the amount of gear that you need to be successful every day, it's ridiculous. Like, you need a full on. Like, how many trailers are you guys running right now? Two or three? We got two. Two. Yeah. And both of them filled to the tits. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, a lot of money in gear, but hey, 
you try to perfect your craft and what's a hundred dollars now nothing well and so and i guess that's that leads into something good ryan like so so right now you see you see anybody that's new that's coming into the sport that's you know chasing ducks chasing chasing geese and it, and it would almost seem like it's overwhelming that they need to be able to go uh, well shit if i want a goose on i gotta go buy a trailer i need like six dozen um avians and and all this stuff but what the new hunter doesn't realize is that all of, like fellas like you fellas like every, everybody that that does this and does it a lot you didn't wake up one morning with a trailer full of decoys and blinds and and a you know a big pickup truck to tow it all around and stuff it took years of of putting it together and and you know saving money and 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 doing whatever it is that you had to do like julian down on the corner down on pizza corner in halifax selling his body and stuff like that in order to buy a dozen decoys right like that that's that's it literally that's the it literally took them years and years and years that way <laughs> pizza corner yeah. class i think he was fucking Spryfield. All the street. <laughs> All the street. <laughs> Down on Pete's corner. Don't air sub. Oh yeah. Down the, down the Sprox. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but seriously, like you, you see it and you like if you're if you spend any time watching the the social media feeds and and these groups of you know uh, uh waterfowl groups and stuff like that, and you you see so many, so many people coming on and saying, you know, I'm, I'm new to, I'm here. Here's the question. And, and the three of you is I'd like to hear what your thoughts are, because this is something that we heard the other day and you guys are in, because I, I do want to talk about East coast calls. We got to get into that. But if you, if a, if a new hunter came up to either one of you guys um, today would you tell them to buy a set of binos or one of the new East Coast calls as as the as their very first purchase to get ready for uh, goose hunting? What Go would you ahead. say, Bueller? Bueller? I'd say, say binoculars, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, binos for sure. What are you? Oh, what are you thinking, Ryan? You're not saying nothing. I'm just seeing what the other boys say, but binos <laughs> definitely. Yeah, we we still got guys that scout around with us that drive around with no binos on, and we never trust anything that they see. We always have to go <laughs> check it. I've got here's two. another question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what yeah. would you go with first, decoys or a tacticam? <laughs> good good question in in fairness i've seen decoys draw in a lot more geese than a camera yeah eelgrass so that's, that's just me Eel, eelgrass yeah um eelgrass i'm thinking about camp. i'm thinking about investing in an eelgrass firm um <laughs> what's Ooh. your thoughts on that probably money You'd probably be money, yeah. No, but seriously, like, like with these, with all these groups, and and you know, there's 
there's new people that's that's trying to get into the sport, try to get into the way of life, and they and they ask these questions, and and people just, well, you, you get a dozen decoys, um, you get a dozen decoys, then you get two dozen decoys, and then you need a trailer, and then you need then you need your sled to pull them in if you can't drive into the field, and you got to pull them in, and and they're just you know overwhelming people with all of this stuff. Instead of saying something is like, listen, buy your set of buy yourself a good set of binoculars. Find where the birds are. Once you find where the birds are and where they want to be, you can pretty much do anything you want. Then as long as you're hidden, if, if you find the X, all you got to do is hide. Chances are you'll you'll shoot birds. Man, we didn't have anything when we started like we had the most jalopy bunch of decoys you'd ever seen in your life <laughs> that, that picture that i posted i don't know if you saw a little while ago i was holding up a snow goose and and a canada and i was hunting a goose chair like i had you know carry light super yeah. mag shell, flambo canadian tire shells probably some silhouettes like whatever we could afford and throw together and throw That's on right. the back i never oh. Outlaw silhouettes. Outlaw silhouettes, yeah. Yeah. You know, like we whatever whatever we could get our hands on, it wasn't till you know later on that I actually had enough money to buy a substantial amount of decoys and, and mm -hmm. uh, nice ones, but we just threw together what we could for gear and we always had a great time. And I think you see the industry changing a lot. Like a lot of guys are buying silhouettes, hunting out of panel blinds, and you're absolutely right. Fellas think that they need, you know, a shitload of gear to go out and do it. But really, sometimes less is more. You buy what you can afford, you know, buy what makes sense. You know, like you were just asking the call or the binoculars. Well, you know, if you become a good scout, I know one guy around here in particular that can't blow a goose call never really could but he <laughs> find birds and yeah. he shot lots of them you know and he didn't really have a super good decoy spread what he had he took care of he painted them and stuff every year and he shot lots of geese he just knew yeah. how to find put himself in the right spot you know so that sounds like me boys get me up there every year i find all the birds well there oh. you go is, is that what is that your claim to fame, Julian? You're you're the head scout. Yep, basically. You can ask anyone in New Brunswick; they'll tell you. Hold <laughs> on. You I'm know not, how to I'm you know how to drive. I'm not even. Don't know where I Not even going to bite. He says. No. Um, fellas, My wife's down there now teaching a course. I'm going to ask her. Yeah. <laughs> boys i want to change i want to change it up a little bit i sort of alluded to it before we hit record button so we um we recorded a, a new show last night um i think i will budweiser light i think i will grab some buds um i lost my train of thought there new show oh new show so yeah, so we recorded a new show last night and the big focus is really, um, and, and I know you guys see it a lot too, is, is there is a ton of negativity in, in the waterfowling world, right? Like P 
people are jumping on people for making mistakes or asking questions that someone deem as, as stupid or whatever. So, so we recorded a show last night, really focusing on the positive aspect of, of getting out there and doing your thing. And the first episode was, was focusing on the it. So what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning to go, to go chase the migration, to chase these birds, be in the shittiest weather, work hard like you guys had with, with Stahl and the Goose crew, um, to be able to grind out in order to get your birds every day. Um, I think, I think is what's happening is that people think there's, there's this default answer because for a long time I was saying, well, I just love hanging out with my buddies. That was the answer I would give, but, but that's such a bullshit answer for me because I like shooting birds. I like watching my dog work. I, I could care. I could go out by myself. Like, and don't get me wrong. I enjoy the company, but th that's not the reason why I go out hunting. I don't go out to hang out. I can hang out in my garage. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to sound like a jerk by saying I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to. Yeah, I want to shoot birds. Yeah. So. You know, and then, you know, Bobby Hayes had said, uh, Jeff Coates said his it, he didn't want to work a real job. He, that's, that's why he became a guide. He didn't want to work a real job. You know, Eric Massey says he, lo he loves watching them that, that last, last few meters and, and when they're working and, and just before the shot. And, and same with Bobby Hayes, you know, Julian, what's yours? Like, what gets you at it? What gets you excited to leave Yarmouth and travel all the way to, to New Brunswick to guide for a month to turn around and go back lobster fishing for, for a friggin' month. Uh, just the, as a guide, you don't shoot, I guess. So I, it can't be the shooting part, but I just like seeing them work. I like seeing them, like it only takes one flock. Like we were there one day with Saul and, and it was real hard, we're running traffic and there wasn't much on the go, but one flock came over the top and just, there's four of them. And they just sat there, just hung there. The boys opened up and it's like, they all come down at one time. Like it, it was just, it was something to see. It just stuck in my yes. mind. And just moments like that, I guess. Brian? Me, it's when daylight shows, you look at your spread and you're like, hmm. I've set out what I think is the perfect spread and I want to see if I can fool these birds. I don't want them to land to the outside of the spread. I don't want them to land to the right. I don't want them to land to the left. I got three pockets for them and I want them in one of those three pockets. And if I can see them do that, that is my day, especially when they touch those wingtips almost together and bow right up and come in. There is nothing on this earth like that. Just love it. Ooh, to me. Maddie. Maddie. No, and, and that's the thing. Nobody's it is wrong, right? And that, that's the thing. Like, whatever it is, if it's, if it's watching the sunrise, then so be it. Like, that's cool. Like, that's why I get you out. That, that's fine. But be transparent, be real, and, and say what it is exactly. Maddie, what's yours? Um, I think for me, 
waterfowl hunting for me has always been a way of life. Like I never have known a time since I've been alive and breathing that I didn't want to do this. And uh, Julian made a good point. Like when you're guiding here, you can't shoot. Um, So there has to be more to it than that. And, you know, when we were kids, we would crawl across the field of broken glass to shoot a goose, but I don't want to shoot them that way anymore. I mean, we want to do it like what Ryan said. Um, So for me, it's kind of a package deal. Like, I like to scout, love to scout, um, love scouting. Um, all summer, obviously I train my dogs and I love to be able to run them, love to be able to run them on sailors and, and do big, long blinds with them. Um, love setting decoys and to go along with what Rye said for sure, when we set stuff out a certain way, we want those birds to work that spread a certain way. Like there's nothing that isn't thought of mm-hmm. when we put it. And when we put our blind out and we decide which spot we want to be at in that field, there's nothing that's not thought of no detail that hasn't gone over, been gone over with the wind. It's well thought out. And again, when they decide to swing around and finish and drop the landing gear down and come in, like, mission accomplished and then you might shoot some and then you get to run your dog for me honestly i can't really say that it's one part or the other because there's so many parts of this Mm -hmm. that i and i want to shoot them just like you do but i don't have to be the one behind the gun i just want to see it happen i want to be part of it call at them there's another thing like when you've got a bird that's heading that way you're looking at his arse flying away and you blow your call and he goes and turns around and comes back like you did that yeah he thought you were a goose and he wheeled around and dropped his feet and came down into the decoys like hiccuping just screaming at you like that yeah that's standing hair up on the back of my neck i love that love that sound so yeah no no, it's good one thing i it's a package deal for me i really love every part and piece of it for sure Mark, what about you? I, I know what yours is. Um, but I can but still tell it. you. Uh, so for me, it's, you know, when, you, when you're on the X and you're so well hidden, the goose come, the geese come in from half a kilometer away or more or half a mile or whoever's listening. And uh, they just come in cupped in and they're coming in 10 feet over the field right into your pocket. That's, that's the best feeling for me. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Like we, we had a little bit of a work hunt this morning. We, we pulled birds, a flock of 20 would go by and we pulled two out of it and two would come in. I mean, that was enjoyable as well. I mean, is, is sometimes how that can be frustrating to have to try and pull birds out of every flock. That was good. But my thing is, is when, yeah, you're hidden so well and those birds want into that field so bad that it doesn't matter if you're standing outside the decoys when they're 200 yards away. As soon as you hop in, they just keep coming. They don't hesitate, and they just keep coming straight in. I love that. That's that's my thing right there. Mm-hmm. Phil. Well, there's obviously a number of people that know that like my my big passion and, and my heart lies with 
sub gauges and small water and shooting ducks and whatnot. And for me, like literally it is trudging through knee deep, knee deep mud, waist deep water, smelling that, you know, loon yeah. shit, if you want to call it, putting out those dozen decoys, 15 decoys, and either sitting up next to a tree or sitting on like one of my special spots. I literally, I sit on the ground under a willow tree and just wait and just hoping to see, even if it's just a pair, a single pair of mallards, just like, as Wade would say, yeah, cup and pumpkins, pumpkins, pumpkins and just, yeah. just dance from the skies into your spread. Like nothing, nothing gets my mojo going more than watching ducks rain from the heavens. Before now, I, I would honestly rather shoot a single duck in a small swamp and just watch it rain from the heavens than go out and smash limits of geese in a cornfield or a bean field any day. Before before I got the dog, for me, the thing that always got me was when they would spill air. That was the thing. Like watch them come in and watch them flip upside oh, down and and just that yeah. like that would I that would just get me so worked up. But now that I got the dog, like I get so so I have a business where social media is what drives my business, and I should be recording and taking pictures of everything. And the minute that my dog starts to work, I, I'm, I'm total tunnel vision. <laughs> I just sit back and I just watch her work because I love it so much. I don't even record it. I forget to record it because I'm just watching her. And then, you know, yesterday we, we shot, uh, Mark shot a mallard yesterday. It crippled it. Then I shot it. I thought I, I, I thought I, I had got it didn't anyways so sent the dog the dog went out the duck started swimming away and i was like gosh she'll get it it might take her a while before she gets it but she'll get it the duck went into some weeds around a point so we lost we couldn't see my dog i was like well i'll get out of the boat and i'll go over and see if i can get her and stuff like that and just as i'm getting ready to get out of the boat i can hear the <laughs> I was like, is that, is that her? And Mark's like, yeah. And she got the duck too. And I was like, yes, like that to me, I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a great caller. Um, I, when it comes to goose hunting, I really don't know what I'm at. Like, I don't know setting up the decoys and stuff like that, but the amount of time I put into training the dog, that is the moment where I can see the, the work that I've done and I can see how, how much, and, and I know that how a dog can screw up a hunt and I know how a dog can make a hunt that much more better. And, and I just, I love it. That that's my, just watching that dog work and, and just that love of just, just wanting to go to work and, and do it. I, yeah, it, it is for me. Um, that's great boys. All great answers. Listen, Ryan, you're on the spot, buddy. Let's do a yep. plug for let's do a plug for East Coast calls. Because I got a call. Like, well, I really put him on the spot. He don't have nothing to say, Maddie. <laughs> no, you caught you got me speechless. 
which is yeah. unheard of. So I got a call that's coming to me. So anybody that's listening, we're going to do a contest here. Um, once that call gets in my hand, I'll be making a post and uh, you got to go to the East Coast Waterfowl Mafia's YouTube channel. You got to subscribe to them. You got to subscribe to our channel and then the winner will get will get one of these uh, new calls out of East Coast calls. So anyways, I, I stole a little bit of your thunder there, Ryan. So go for it, buddy. Give a, give a good plug on East Coast calls here now. Hey, a maritime company. Three good buddies. It's an original maritime company from Glenn Gillespie on the island. Yeah. We took, we took it over and uh, made some found a good uh followed a hammer us out some calls and that's Howard a horrible and... plug but that's all i got <laughs> I see you caught me way off yeah yeah i did i totally i totally did i totally screwed you over listen the calls are working how are they doing in the field like what's what's what are you guys hearing from people that are using them right now they love them um, yeah well like Ryan was saying, we had a bit of a struggle. We really wanted to make them in Canada. Yeah. And we just, we just couldn't find a manufacturer that could make them consistent or, or even close to a decent price point. And uh, so we, we've, we've got a guy down at Black Dog Outdoors in Texas that's doing them for us. And uh, man, they're just, he does such a good job. You know, when, you, when you're building a call, you're building a musical instrument. And when we send these calls out to people, like, we don't care if we sell 10 or 100 a year. Like, we want them all to be good. Or 10,000. Yeah. Like, we want them yeah. all to be good. And uh, we want to we have our hands on all of them. But uh, everybody that's got one from us this year has really loved them there's been a lot of thought put in them we we went out and sourced out good guts to put in them they're they're broken guts i mean nobody sells a call without broken guts in them today so mm -hmm. you can actually find them for for a good good price we got cns customs uh pillow maker guts in them and uh yeah guys guys seem to like them and there's a lot of them around from when glenn was making them so there is a rich history yeah. with them near the maritimes but yeah. How are you? How are you guys doing? Like outside of the Maritimes? Like, are you, are the calls migrating west at all? Or because like this is really your first year, right? I know. I know Mr. Gillespie has done it for a long time, and then you guys have taken it over this year, though. But like, are they are they are they migrating west? Um, because we got to really kick this up and 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 make you guys filthy rich here um on the call in the call world right so um i can't wait to get my hands on one and, and check it out but i'm i'm such a horrible goose caller that i really wouldn't be able to, to give it um the quality and, and and the well a lot of a lot of our calls have been sold um you know in the maritime provinces um, yeah i have i have sold some in the states uh nice. some of my some of my hunters that come up uh, bear hunting are also waterfowlers and they've uh they've got me to send some calls down to them nice but you know you you touched on goose calling there about 
you know, you're not a good goose caller. Well, I've, I haven't been goose calling for very long. And it's one of those things, ask Matt, you really got to put some time into it. Yeah, big time. And, you know, anybody can be a goose caller. You just really have to put the time in and get that muscle memory and, and everything right. And the basics, it's like anything. It's like mathematics or anything. You got to have the, you got to have the basics. It's not rocket appliances, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, how, how many people pick up their calls the night before the season? And, you know, you ask any of them guys that proficiently blow a call, um, there is time put in that call almost every day or a few times a week, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I try my best to do that. I'm no great goose caller, but I strive to be better. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the, that's the thing with, with waterfowl. Like every day, like you're trying to, because you're constantly trying to fool these things, right? Um, and it's not like any other hunt. It's not like bear. It's not like deer. It's not like you get, you know, you get your deer, you shoot your deer. Well, then your season's over. Leafs yeah. just scored, boys. Leafs just scored. Um, First time this week. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. But, your but face. Sean, Sean brought up a good point when he was talking, you know, about calling. Um, most times you don't have to have that, that large vocabulary, right? Uh, a lot of people, like Matt pointed this out to me uh, years ago, but he said, you watch people call. People will sit there in the blind and call and they're looking at the ground. Well, you're not calling the ground, you're calling the birds that are trying to work around you or into your spread. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. if you're blowing a spit note or a clock or a quick spit or whatever and they're not reacting to it or they are reacting to it you know you gotta adjust accordingly right yeah and and that's that's one thing yeah and, and you're 100 percent right ryan and i've heard it a, a hundred times like you got to be able to read the birds right like it's no good to just sit there and clock and and make all kinds of noise um re be able to read the birds and see what it is that they that they're liking, that they're hearing, and maybe they don't want to hear anything. Yeah, that's right. We've had probably the most times this year, like it's been the, you know, the dirty turkey notes and the moans and like, they don't like anything high pitched. They just want the the finishing yeah. notes uh, yeah. in the decoys. And some, some hunts we've, we've hardly blown a call. And the See, thing Phil, is, we'll that's what I was doing today, Phil. I was doing the moan today the, dirt, the dirty moan oh it, it, it was dirty <laughs> like i i know by all means i am not a great goose caller i can mumble out some sounds i just find really stupid fields with a ton of birds <laughs> and just wing it hey hey and that works too hey, listen buddy you put us on a great field today um we, and we've we seen a couple dozen yeah we seen we've seen a few we've seen we've seen yeah. we've seen a couple hundred birds today easy um um yeah it was a great field it was a great hunt um and and you know what you guys did uh did good with the flagging and did with with the calls and that's another like that flag I like can, i can flag like a fucking champ 
<laughs> what an underrated thing though that flag right like we touched on the thing that stall and them got made but even just that that handheld flag in in the layout line what an undervalued piece of kit it is like 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 spinners to 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 ducks is like the flag to geese like you have to have it yeah so there's a time time and place for it and like there comes a point in time where like you know where the birds get so close where yeah you like you shut her off like don't don't be flagging just just let them finish up and give them the good news but anything sort of like distance wise say 50 60 yards and beyond just give her give them that motion oh look like that bird just stood up and stretched his wings whatever right and just it adds the realism well, they see you a lot further than they can hear you. Yeah. Boys, um, I just checked the time and we're we're over that 60 minutes. Oh, 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 look at this Mark fancy that stuff. Beauty, boys. Oh, that's a look sexy that. photo. That is a sexy photo. I, I tell you, the dude that's holding those geese are he's a sexy no idea what man. he's doing. That's well, what makes no, it a sexy well. photo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I spent all this money on camera gear and bitched out here using his goddamn cell phone. <laughs> Goose, do what you no do. Goose Norris. Goose Boys, Norris. I've been here an hour trying to figure out how to hold this camera so it doesn't show my three chins. It ain't going good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you got you got to do this, Ryan. You got to grow something down past your chin, and then they can't I'm, see the other the other two or three. That's what I do, buddy. I'm not that's what I do. To. Ah, uh, boys. Um, at a fear of of losing the audience, I think we'll uh, we'll call her here. We're we're over that sixty minute mark. Listen, I can't I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know I gave you a really really short uh, notice last week to try to get you to come on the show, and uh, and you just couldn't do it um, just because of the the short notice. I really appreciate you guys coming on, and I love for you to continue coming on um anytime you you need to come on you want to come on you need to plug anything um need to chat need to make an announcement anything just fire us off a, a message and and we'll get you in um because i i love talking to you and i love the fact that you're east coast and 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 doing it um because it really it's it's nice it's even nice to hear uh julian's accent if that makes sense like that that's how that's how hurting i am for the east coast is that i'm missing that southern shore nova scotia accent you should have got like, all kinds of pei uh yeah pei was pretty good too it was pretty good not PEI but not and yarmouth have a similar accent yeah yeah so it was good boys thanks thanks so much um we'll do a quick around uh, the table to close it off and uh, and then that'll be it. Uh, Julian, buddy, to you first. Well, thanks for having us on here, man. I really appreciate it. Love talking to you boys and uh, hopefully we do this again. Oh yeah, we will. I promise you. Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Phil. Um, Mark, nice meeting you both, boys. Hopefully uh, you can get to the East Coast here for a hunt sometime. And Damien, your call is in the mail, buddy. Awesome. Thanks. Um, I should have told you to put another one in in for me so that I could have had one and I could have sent you the money 
Um, but we'll 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 figure that out down the road because I do want I want one. So I'll I'll give one away and then I'm gonna I want to buy one as well, right? So we'll figure that out, Ryan. Uh, not a big deal. But now that you just you just touched on something, so we should try next season and and meet up and do a hunt and and meet up somewhere if it's if it's New Brunswick or if it's Ontario or or wherever. But it would be it would be pretty cool for us all to come together and and do a hunt and and just be able to you know chew the fat and 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 shoot some birds. It would it would really really would be cool maddie to you buddy yeah well listen boys i just really appreciate you thinking of us and and uh having us on it's always good time sitting shooting the shit with you all and and uh yeah look forward to being on here again always great conversation awesome thanks buddy uh mark good seeing you guys uh good meeting uh ryan and uh, julian i haven't met you guys before so it was, it was Good to sit here and have the chat. Uh, I just got to say, my first goose call was an East Coast call. And uh, that was what I learned to call geese on. Uh, actually got it off of Ryan Bro. It was kind of like a bit of a hand-me-down at the time. And uh, yes. that's, gone on, that's gone on to other owners since. But uh, I wouldn't mind in the future, like Damien saying, I wouldn't mind getting a new one now. Because I'm, I'm sure the ones you guys are putting out now, I'm not saying they're better than those were back then. But uh, I expect expect with the the uh, the pedigree that's going into them now, I expect they're a really good call. So looking forward to that. Philly. Well, to our millions and millions of listeners, because I've missed, that's right. That's right. I, I've legit I've legit missed like the last month of episodes just because of work and other nonsense. But it's great to be back. Yeah. Um, to Julian Ryland, and you know it's great to meet you guys and uh, and to chat and to Julian, love love the sweater, bro. Love the sweater. Love the sweater. Um, um and, and and to to Maddie and the luscious, luscious locks, like honestly, like I I, I envision Maddie sitting on a big black stallion. No, a white stallion, white horse, not a black no. horse, a white horse. No. Black, big mm. black horse with the wind. <laughs> just feathering through the hair yeah with no shirt on and, and i'm pitching her maddie yeah, with no, like that little soul patch right no, there no right no, in the middle no, of his no, chest no shirt on and like just a, just a big shotgun in his hand huh. 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 find me a horse i'll do it for you when we meet up that's like they put a lot of thought into that matt <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I pulled that off the cuff. Yeah, yeah, too much. It just be feel doing stuff, right? Well, it's yeah. only because I'm jealous of Matt's hair and because mine's just not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Boys, less to, um, less to maintain. Right, boys. Thanks, thanks for doing it, boys. Um, everybody, to the millions and millions of listeners, listen. Um, not only should you be listening to this show and continue and listen to this show, you really need to check out the East Coast Waterfowl Mafia. Check out their podcast. It is great. It is some funny stuff. Um, a great, great podcast. Tons and tons of knowledge, tons of education. These guys have been doing it for a long time, and you really should show some support to another Canadian, another East Coast um, crew that that's doing it and doing it uh all season long so um check them out please check out their 
their YouTube channel, which is friggin' amazing. The, the, the amount of video and the video and the hunts that you guys have done um, is, is truly amazing and something that I want to copy. I, I'm trying, I want to imitate what you guys done with your YouTube channel because it is really that good. So um, to everybody, check out East Coast Waterfowl Mafia. You got the boys' names right there. Uh, Julian Dion, Ryan DeMerchant, Matty Wilson. Wesley didn't come on tonight because he got his priorities all screwed up. But uh, that's, that's okay. We'll figure that out. Uh, we'll talk to him about that later. Everybody, this was episode 74 of Union 0430. Um, again, nobody here is going to claim ever to be an expert. We're just a bunch of friends that love one another's company, love talking about bird hunting, and most importantly, um, just being who we are and down to earth. Big love, everybody. Until next episode.